Hello, Charleston. Wow, it feels so good to be back in the studio doing travel notes. It's been over a month since I've done a new show, and so I'm just really excited to be back here with you. Welcome to Travel Notes, if this is your first time tuning in. This is a show where we use music as a medium to explore ways in which we are all connected. Today, my special guest is Curtis Lampkin, a Philadelphia-born and Charleston-based poet and musician specializing in the West African Kora and an instrument called the Jinjin. In true true griot fashion, he blurs the line between poet, musician, and storyteller. Kurt has performed on stage, radio, film, and television, and was one of the featured poets in Bill Moyer's documentary, Fooling with Words. He's hosted Multi-Culti Move, a reading series featuring writers from around the world, and produced a radio series called Living Proof, Contemporary Black Literature. And as Mark Nebo of the New York Times bestselling author puts it, Curtis Lamkin is a singular talent of our generation, entering his years of mastery. He's an innovator, a storyteller, a musician, a poet, and a moral historian who has studied and mastered the Kora, a West African bridge harp with 21 strings. And in the tradition of Homer, he travels the country singing the truth of our history, the hope of our humanity, and the imagination of our community. Kurt, welcome to the show. Thank you. So good to have you here. Good to be here. <laughs> You're no stranger to radio. Right. Where did you have a radio show? It was in New York City on a station WBAI. Uh-huh. I noticed that on your station here, you have uh, Amy Goodman. She has a show here. Yeah, too. that's right. But she was on the same station when we were in New York City, too. Oh, no way. Right. And I had gotten the show through a producer named Pepsi Charles. Okay. And the idea was to feature a new wave of poets and writers mm -hmm. and, and musicians. Amazing. Yeah. Well, that was a little bit off um, script. I really just had remembered that that was something you had done um, before. And one, the one I wanted to start off by asking you, before we get into the meat and potatoes of your work, tell me um, how you began writing poems and playing the Cora. Oh, poems. Uh, when I was about eight years old, I used to have nightmares. Mm -hmm. And through the nightmares, I would run to my parents' room. But they rejected me because I was too old to be coming to them with my nightmares. Oh. So on the way back to my room, I would stop in the living room. Mm -hmm. And in the living room, I would just try to console myself. Uh -huh. you know? And part of that was just rocking and moaning and rocking and moaning. But then I got into singing mm -hmm. and telling myself stories. And it got really, really good to me. So I would make these ventures back into the living room at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know. Oh. And from there, it was just something I did for myself. Mm -hmm. But in school, one day we were on the bus, and I had written this poem about uh, one of my classmates. And it was about his head, which was really large. <laughs> and it was passed around the school bus, and the teacher got the, got the poem, and she overlooked my insults and saw something you know positive in there so she encouraged me to write so wow. i had these two things going on and then later on i was asked to write articles for the neighborhood newspaper the germantown courier in philly oh cool and so when i was writing the articles um it just gave me more and more 
faith and the mm. power of the words. Totally. Right. So uh, from high school, I went through a lot of different uh, adventures. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call them adventures. Keep it neutral. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's not trouble. It's not really trouble. <laughs> it's just ventures. Adventures. But uh, along the way, I realized that I was putting myself on the line by getting into dangerous situations. Mm. And uh, one day I was in St. Louis and I was going through the library. I was reading Langston Hughes. Mm. And it just brought back to me what language meant to me when I was younger. Mm. And I thought that if I was going to put myself on the line, I mean my life and yeah. risking prison, that I would do it for something that I love to do. And, it, mm. and so that got me back into dealing with poetry. Wow. The strange thing is, is that during my adventures, I had never gotten stopped by the cops. Oh, you know? that's good. But the day that I decided that I was going to turn myself around, mm -hmm. I was at the bus station thinking about going to, from St. Louis to Little Rock. I have mm -hmm. no idea. I don't know why I was going to Little Rock. <laughs> but uh, I was stopped by the cops. What? And the cop, he came to me at the bus station and he said, where was I going? I told him Little Rock. And he asked me what I had in my bag. And I was, you know, I'm like 19 years old, 19, 20 years yeah. old. So I don't know whether or not he can search me just to search me right. in St. Louis. But he went into my bag and he saw my poems. And he read the poems and he looked at me and he threw them on the ground, stomped on and, and cursed at me, basically. What? Yeah, right. So I don't know what his problem is. <laughs> For but real. After he, <laughs> but after he was gone, I felt this like coolness, you know, like yeah. I had just missed a bullet. And, yeah. and not, not in the sense of what he was going to do, but what I had been set up to do. I mean, mm. by, you know, coming through the projects and getting into all this trouble mm -hmm. that he came to me wanting me to be a criminal. Yeah. You know, that was his projection. And he was disappointed Perception. to the point where he had to insult me and my work. So uh, I was going to go to Little Rock, but I decided I changed the ticket and went back to Philadelphia to... Uh, Wow. Really get back to my roots and work from there. What a what a moment yeah, in your life. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. It sounds like you've had a deep connection with, with words and with language oh, definitely. since you were a kid and then kinda of comes back and really um makes its it calls you, you know, at this mm -hmm. point in your life. Mm -hmm. And so how when did you how did you come to the Cora and putting, how did you come to the Cora? Okay, uh, first time I saw the Cora was at the Brooklyn Museum. Mm. And a Cora player named Papa Suso mm -hmm. from the Gambia was playing the Cora. And I mean, it was just gorgeous. The sound of Cora is gorgeous. And, but the thing is, he was also reciting and singing. And it was like a perfect blend of the music of the instrument and his voice. Mm. So I, I, I enjoyed that, but I wound up going to the Gambia. A friend of ours invited us to go to the Gambia. Cool. And I was there for about two months in the Gambia. Wow. And I spent a lot of my time on the beach with, you know, people call them griot, but these were jailies, you know. Uh -huh. They were musicians, but also just uh, poets, acapella. Acapella. And we was, right. So we would be on the beach 
And I'm not going to say that I had some of the palm wine or some of what they call the jamba, enjoying ourselves on the beach, but it was available <laughs> to those who were there. There was some local brew. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But uh, during the time that we were on the beach, we had a chance to talk about what they were doing mm -hmm. and what I was doing. Mm. At that time, I was, uh, I, I was a professor at the new school in New York City. Okay. And so they wanted to know how I presented the poetry to my students. And at that time, I was doing it by heart, composing by heart, which is the oral tradition. They were composing their poems by heart. That just uh, to imagine it, mm -hmm. put it together, and to perform it. Mm -hmm without writing it down, so that language becomes a medium where you can transfer your imagery and your ideas through sound into somebody else's ear hole and it goes into their body, mm -hmm. you know, so you have that connection. And then the core players would supplement that with the music. Okay. Mm, so, chills. <laughs> oh man, it's yeah. extraordinary. It's yeah. extraordinary, and it's really difficult to appreciate it here in the West because we we need our papers, we need our computers. Mm -hmm. But if you notice, the important things that need to be said come from your heart. You know, and that's the idea: is that you're taking what's in your heart and bringing it out through sound and put it into somebody else's heart. Okay, so when I, when I got back to New York City, uh, I was sent to Cora from the Gambia. Oh, wow. All right, so when I got the Cora, I just wanted to put it in the cor corner of my apartment as keepsake. But it had, it's supposed to have 21 strings on the Cora. Right. It had four. This is what happened. It was sent from the Gambia, supposed to come to New York, but it went to Texas first. Oh. And then it came from Texas to New York City. Now, I've traveled with the Cora, and I know when you put the, your instrument in the hands of an airport gorilla, oh my gosh. they jump Terrifying. on their foot. And, and yeah. the Cora is, is basically calabash, gourd, and hide. Anyway, so <laughs> it, was, it was all busted up. Oh, man. So I was living in Harlem at the time. And I went out on 125th Street where they had the African market and there were two chorus players there. Mm. And I, so I asked them if they could restring the chorus for me. They came to my house. Oh, wow. Salia Suso, who's related to Papa Suso, who I've seen at Brooklyn Museum, oh, wow. and Sergio Coyate. So they came to the house and they taught me how to string it and they taught me how to build it and they taught me how to play it to the point where the three of us would go and play around New York City, and I would basically, you know, carry the bottom, you know, just uh -huh. simple rhythm, and they would play the the traditional music. Wow! So that it, became your group that you that you played with, and you learned no, from I them. I played with them. I mm -hmm. definitely learned learned a lot from yeah. them. You know, it was it was extraordinary because yeah. we would. I mean, they came to my house. At, at that time, my so wife intimate. was on bed rest in the hospital, mm -hmm. but they would come and they would, uh, we would play. But at this time, they were telling me the epics, the poems, the long poems and stories, and they were based on the experience of the people. You know, like mm. when we listen to 
the music on the radio here, mm -hmm. we're listening basically to uh, individual experiences or observations of in individuals. They're talking about poems and stories that are passed down from generation to generation. Yeah. You know, and the accumulation is passed all the way through the current core players or the current J Leagues. Mm -hmm. So when they're performing, they are not singing just about themselves or not about themselves at all. They be, may be singing about your family and the generations of your family. Wow. How you came to be. So uh, the project we developed was they would play and sing in Wolof for a mandate. Mm -hmm. And I would do the translations into English. Oh, wow. All three of us would be playing chorus. And so we would, you know, riff off of each other like that. But that's taboo. Taboo? It's taboo. How so? Well, in the Jaili tradition, the Kora tradition, mm -hmm. we found out, they didn't know it either. Mm. We found out that it was taboo to translate the epics out of their original language mm. into another language, mm. you know? So that all three of us were like, wow, it happened accidentally. I was, I seen a core player in the village in New York City mm -hmm. and my djembe player, he told him that I played Cora. Mm -hmm. So he put the Cora in my hand and let me play for him because we were in a restaurant. Uh -huh. He was playing music in the restaurant like they do, yeah. I guess, all over the world, you sure. know, different instruments. So uh, I, he asked me, what was I working on? And I told him about the project that me and Sergio and Sally were doing. Yeah. And he just flipped. He's like, oh, man. You can't do that. You can't do that. So. Do you know why? What was the reasoning? Was it? It's the same thing. It's, it's about not taking the, the, the song yeah. out of its original language. Context. Or, yeah, know, language. Reinterpreting it. Mm -hmm. You know. And it's, it's as if you have a church. And somebody wants, you know, to know how your church is going. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they ask you to bring all of the artifacts in your church and put it out in the street so they can examine it. But the idea, they want you to come into the language. Got know, it. And it, hear it in right. its essence. Right. Because yeah. there's a lot of relationships in there. Sure. And, it, like, it sounds like the families, like, um, narratives of families and generations of families are preserved through these yeah, stories exactly. and so that's kind of sensitive information. I mean it's like pers it's like information mm, personal mm, information I never looked at it like that but yeah it is, it or is. maybe but um, you know the core players the jaylees are learning each other's languages you know because they're the ones who are traveling around and uh they yeah. that's how they, they make their living you know to expose themselves to as many people and villages, cultures as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I have so many questions I want to ask you. I think the next one, uh, tell me about the West African way of story, of storytelling. I don't know if there's a, uh, I don't know personally, mm -hmm. if there is a formulaic way mm -hmm. of telling a story. I just noticed that there were different approaches mm -hmm. in terms of recitation and singing. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, we see when we talk about it in terms of uh, sonnets and sestinas in mm -hmm. Western poetry, there are forms mm -hmm. in the West African tradition. A lot of times people 
talk about the uh, call and response. Mm. Uh, that's a part of it because one of the demands of the oral tradition is to make an idea, emotion, or an image stay in your mind for for the duration of the song. Kind of like a meditate, a mantra exactly, or something. Yeah. Exactly. So that the words mm -hmm. shape into a kind of, I, it, I call it a being, you mm -hmm. know. Somebody may say an icon or something like that. Yeah. So you can repeat the image or the word again and again and have it repeat through the song as you mm. go along or through the poem as you go along. Mm. Uh, and there are endless ways to do that. Uh, list, uh, one way would be just a list. You have here in the United States, you have church mothers who are responsible for the history of the church. Mm -hmm. And they can recite the history of a church going back into the mid 1800s mm -hmm. all the way up to today. It's like, how do they do that? Yeah. They actually make a, a living list. I call it a living list mm. because you, if, it, if they recite the names of the church mothers who came before them mm -hmm. or the pastors all the way down the line, each name, each person has their own line. So it sounds like a list that they're just calling people out, calling their names out, mm -hmm. but then they put onto the call what they did how they were mm. and so it becomes has its own rhythm ah. all the way through okay. I mean that's and it's endless I had um, I had gone to a house in the Gambia mm -hmm. and they had a gym a gambada player mm. four string loop oh cool so it's a Muslim country mm -hmm. all the men eat together all the women eat together oh, yeah. right so we're sitting there, all the guys are sitting there eating and the food is good. We had ladyfish benachine and all these other nice, nice things. <laughs> so after a while, the men and the women come together mm. and he takes out his gambada and he starts playing his gambada. Mm. And he's playing to this particular family. He's singing them the history of their family going back 300 years. Wow. Okay, so everybody's gathered around, they're listening to it. And uh, my friend who invited me, he's recording it. And so what he did, he gave me the recording and mm -hmm. asked me to take it when I came back to the United States to DC and give it to his sister. So oh, wow. I give, we, I'm sitting there with his sister and she's listening and she starts crying. Mm -hmm. What he did was he took her addition, her story, which had gotten her ostracized in her own country, home country because she had married this guy from Sweden mm. and left the village. Mm -hmm. And all of that was wrong, you know, in the family's eyes. Sure. And you could hear him repeating going to Karachi and Tokyo and being in D.C. And she's sitting in D.C. thinking that she was completely ostracized. Mm. But he was singing in praise to her, and at the end, everybody just is going crazy. They're clapping and Aww. everything for her, you know. That's and, beautiful. Well, yeah. I mean, he makes her immortal in a yeah. time when she she felt like she was absolutely alone. Absolutely. In a whole other country. Like unifies her and 
yeah, unifies her back with her family. Right. That's their and, song. And the Jay Lee can do that. I think all poets, all all singers, all composers yeah. can do that. They can see into mm-hmm. the the pain and the and the sorrow and find out purpose. Find 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 our purpose. You Absolutely. Know, and then do their best to express it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. But that, you know, I would say that's, those are two different things. I was talking about the list and the repetition mm-hmm. and the actual calling out. But there's a lot of different ways to compose it based on the, the experience that you're addressing. Gotcha. Yeah. What were some of the topics that, um, that Jay Lay's <laughs> sing I've caught on? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm laughing because... That was my question. When we were sitting there going to the beach, you know, oh, yeah? I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what are you guys singing about? What, what is worthy of being in your song? Yeah. You know, they're asking me about, you know, Bob Marley. What's Bob? I don't know Bob Marley. What's, what's James <laughs> Brown like? You know, they're going <laughs> through what's going on over here and Malcolm X, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm trying to find out because I'm at this point, I'm composing by heart, you mm-hmm. know, and it's a way for me to call in an experience right then and there. Mm. And they're doing, they've been doing it for generations. Wow. So one of the things was work, you know? Oh. Yeah, work was one of the big topics. You know, you have, you have the songs for uh, the kings and the warriors and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is religious, even though, at least in the Gambia, in the Muslim, in the mosque, they wouldn't allow musical instruments in. Oh. But a lot of what I found was a lot of the chorus players were mm-hmm. very religious, mm. you know. It was just, uh, I, I should say, very spiritual. Okay. You know? I was wondering if it was Muslim or maybe a different. Well, there's, I guess it's all different forms and ways that Islam is practiced. Sure. Too, you Definitely. Know? Like Sufism. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So. So it covers kind of all facets of life, it sounds like. Kind of like, in a way, like the blues troubadours of the, you know, American folk tradition to sing about, you know, yeah, work and mm-hmm. love and mm-hmm. loss. Mm-hmm. And money. Let's not and money. money. Can't forget. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, how, what do you think about a song? You feel? Oh, you want to play one? Well, I was thinking maybe you could. I can't play one. No, no. I mean, I thought you had to record it. Oh, I can do the rec- I can, um, yeah, I can pull them up here. We, um, let's see. This is, maybe we should say a few things about, so this is off, these are tr- songs off of your album, Love Life. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's, let's play one and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. This is the uh, actual title track off the album called Love Life. Hope you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said that do that She said that I did that Most times we need someplace in the middle saying love life, love, love. As I stand in my shadow woman, she said, Live in my life, baby. 
Hey guys, we are, this is live. That's the beauty of live recording. You never know what's going to happen. We're actually going to pull up the songs real quick. I had um, just a sample um, track pulled up here and I'm going to get you the whole track because you got to hear the whole thing. All right, here we go. I hope you enjoy. This is Love Life by Curtis Lampkin. I said that I do that da. She said that I did I do Most times we meet someplace in the middle saying love life love Love life love I said stand in my shadow woman she said, living my life, baby I got a sassy something sitting in my lap Saying, love, life, love Sing, love, life, love I was trying to boss her body mm. Truth went upside my head The woman the life love life love love life love da 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 baby da 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 Baby down, she slide next to me. She slide right next to me. Love Life off of Kurt Lampkin's album titled Love Life. This was 20, oh, this was last year that you yeah, recorded right. this. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right, last September. Oh Over my gosh, a exactly a year ago. Yeah. So it was beautiful. Thank you. It's, it's so um, hypnotic, the Cora, and um, you actually brought your Cora here today. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Sounds, I would love that. <laughs>
crazy beach girls take you to the sea And then they act like monsters from the deep They wanna scare you It's alright Shake something Shake something And when you go back to the sea at night Silk the moon, silk the light, silk the light on tide It's gonna haunt you Sweet girl talk Shake something Shake something If you shake your head You're waking the moonrise If you shake your arms Embracing the sea You take two steps up outside world, something cosmic easing deep down your bones, who's that shining, who's that shaking, who's that dancing, who's that shining, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, so alive, I'm a wolf, I'm a hey, I'm a hook, I'm a Thank you. Was that off the album? No, that was off the earlier album. Uh -huh. the, the first little riff was uh, off of um, Love Life. Mm. And it was just a blues touch. Yeah. Uh, then I got the spirit and I went into this piece it's called Those Crazy Beach Girls, which is on the album called uh, Queen of Carolina. Ah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, what. Tell me about um, your perspective on the blues and its connection to the Cora. I think the blues is a relationship between the land and the human heart. And what I mean by that is that uh, being in the Gambia or, and being in Allendale, South Carolina, where you have all of this rural land mm -hmm. that we tend to think we're taking care of. We take care of the palm trees and the palm wine inside the palm trees and the mangoes and uh, the corn out in the fields in mm -hmm. uh, South Carolina. But it's taking care of us, always, always taking care of us. And if you made no sound at all 
in the Gambia, you know, in the field in the Gambia, or a field in Allendale, you will be able to hear, to me, the song of the land. And, and they, they're connected. And so to me, it's like the blues is basically putting out the essentials into a song, language-wise. And also, really, too, musically. It's, it's uh, who, I forgot who it was. Maybe it was Allen Ginsberg. I don't know. No, it was Allen Ginsberg. But mm. uh, he had a book of poems called Blues and Haikus. Mm. And when you do a haiku poem, you basically have maybe two or three, I call them characters, something you can pick up with your, your senses. Mm -hmm. Okay? But it's not so much the number. It's the relationship they have to each other. Mm -hmm. And the idea isn't trying to express or explain everything to you. Yeah. It's to see this tiny little poem uh -huh. in your mind and let your imagination open it up mm. so that if I mention a mist or a, or a beach, that if the imagination is open to it, that beach takes on shape and texture and dimension in your imagination. Mm. Same thing with the blues. You don't, there, I'm, most blues mm -hmm. aren't really getting into trying to explain stuff. Yeah, they're not coming up with the answers. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's right. The idea is for you to experience through your hearing something that rings true. And it rings true because it stirs up your emotions for sure, but mm -hmm. also the curiosity in your mind, your imagination. You know, mm. what was she wearing? when she threw his clothes out the window, mm. you know? <laughs> so, yeah. You know, and so it's a whole different form of uh, expressing. Yeah. But to me, it, it's that same thing, our relationship to the land. The more we mess with it, or the less we mess with it, the more it loves us. And I think it's the same thing with the blues, you know? Mm. Uh, to, to Less is more. Yeah. Almost uh, like, and I think of, Poetry um, is like this, at least in my mind. It's like kind of what, sometimes it's not what, it's like between the lines what they're saying. You mm. know what I mean? It's not the exact words on the page that are literally saying whatever it is that the poet's trying to convey. Exactly. A lot yeah. of it's, it's what's left out. And I think it happens too in terms of music. You know, we think of rhythm in terms of, you know, beat, 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 beat. Right. But tempo is the silences, you know between it's you're playing the silences between the, the beats and that's what gives it the full soul mm -hmm. i think too you the know? Feel. because in order to do that you have to surrender you know and 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 trust that the sound that compels you is going to carry you too similarly like the way when you plant a seed mm -hmm. yeah trusting that it's gonna yeah <laughs> it's right. gonna grow right, right. <laughs> just like you that's a beautiful um I guess metaphor or way of painting um, the blues. Yeah. 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 And uh, the early blues, it really comes through. Mm -hmm. uh, there is this uh, um, musician in Mali, mm -hmm. and her they call her Yellowbird. She's Kakako Sata. Mm -hmm. They call her Yellowbird. 
and she picks up the Angoni, plays the Angoni, but the way she plays it is pure blues, absolute blues, you know. And she, I was uh, talking earlier about Sonia Jabarte playing the Cora. Both of the women were restricted from playing their instruments, but just like the guys, they were called to play the instrument. You know, mm-hmm. you can try to bind them, but what about the full force of the universe that <laughs> just slam it into you? Yeah. What are you gonna do with that? No one can stand up to that. Right. <laughs> and like you were saying before, before we hopped on, that in order for it to survive, yeah, it probably had to open, yeah. open up. Um, I'm trying. Oh man, that was that was so well said. Um, and tell me a little bit this album. Love Life. Um, do you play the, is that where the Jin Jin, oh, do you play the yeah. Jin Jin on Okay, there? so the Jin Jin. Okay, <laughs> I'm playing the core. I broke my core today. The Jin Jin, I've been playing the core for 30 years. Well, 35 years now. Wow. But um, the Jin Jin, I've only, only been playing for 15 years. And two things happened. One, uh, I had gone up to Vancouver and I was performing in Vancouver. And some people there invited me to go to uh, to West Africa it was to go to a war zone okay wow. because uh, what the problem was is rape you know mm. uh, that rape is one of the bigger weapons of war causes mm. the most destruction you mm-hmm. know to a society yeah and so they had hospitals where women who had been raped and had been violated, mutilated, violated. Yeah. They wanted me to go and play. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so at the same, t- the other thing that happened was I got into Vancouver and the gorillas got my Cora and they uh, cracked the gourd um, at the airport. Uh. So uh, to do the performance I was called to do, I had to fix the Cora. And, you know, that was a good thing about building Coras. You know, you that's can what just, I, yes, yeah, which you, you ha, which you do. Right, mm-hmm. right. So I got with a friend of mine in Seattle, mm-hmm. just outside of Seattle, and he had, he, he helped me uh, to repair the core because it had a big crack in it. So I was able to get some uh, rawhide and deal with it. So when I left Vancouver, I'm saying I don't want this to happen in a war zone. You know, so uh, yeah. that's where the idea of the Jinjin came up. And it was really, it was really, um, it was strange in the sense that I had actually dreamed it. You know, the Cora is gourd and hide and, uh, uh, I, I use oak. And matter of fact, I have deer hide, you know, mm-hmm. as a skin for it. And you have the raw hide for the, for the, uh, the rings, tuning rings. But for the gingin, it's all wood, you know, mm. and I wanted to make it a little bit more resistance sure. to destruction. You know? <laughs> Ready, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, so, Ready for the road. Yeah, and plus, I wanted to make it smaller because uh, most cores are rather big, you know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the, my core, I had shaped it down to uh, more uh, friendly travel size. Travel size. Yeah, right. <laughs> But I have huge chorus too. So th- when I made the Jinjin, uh, I made it more compact. Oh. Yeah, so uh, 
because I felt that I would be doing a lot of traveling uh -huh. when I got there. Anyway, uh, we had set up everything for me to go to uh, the Congo. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. But it, uh, it, everything fell apart, mm. you know, in terms of going over there. It happened to me a couple of times. I was to go to uh, India and El Salvador. El Salvador, I was invited to go back in the 80s. Oh, you wow. know, they were having a war. You oh, know. my gosh. I, I, I can understand it, you know, yeah. I mean, to be called to do it. You know. Yeah, it brings um, healing for people, I mean, through the music and I, space for them to process, you know, imagine emotion, all the emotions, you know, going through what, yeah, having, experiencing a war in your home country would be like, and so music. I played uh, in hospitals, prisons, you know, and places where you would think that people had better things to do than just sit and listen to somebody playing uh, traditional African instrument yeah but there's there is a power in in the instrument mm -hmm. you know, of course all music has that power sure you know it's just that these instruments you can sit with somebody in their house I know for a fact you can go to somebody's house and just play mm -hmm. and feed them mm -hmm. you know uh, and so uh, it's 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 an honor, actually, mm. to have come into it. It's because I wasn't going to play the core. I was just going to put it on the side. Because yeah. I had been working with musicians. That keeps coming into my mind that you said that, that you weren't even intending to play it. No, uh -uh. But they, they, were, they nicely drafted me into it. And they were Jaylees. I mean, they came from Jaylee families yeah. down through the generations. And one time I, was, I went, I, Sally and I went to his house. Mm -hmm. And we were walking up the steps. Guys are sitting, teenagers sitting out front, and he just walked past them with their, with his core. Nobody said anything, and I'm like, do they know what just walked through their bits? <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know all, all that history. The, yeah, yeah, and the talent. And well, before we keep going, because I could definitely keep going, wanted to take a quick song break. Was there a song? What um, track off the album Love Life? Is there a Jinjin in it so people can oh, get it? Oh yeah, all the tracks. But I, track. I'd like to do. Mm -hmm. The um, one, yeah, you, mm -hmm. uh, especially now. The one love life that I uh, that you had played. Mm -hmm. It there was a line in it. It says, "The woman is the life," mm -hmm. and that kind of drew together everything that was bothering me. In the mm -hmm. sense that uh, my daughter, she's in Atlanta, and mm -hmm. she works with reproductive justice. And this, you know, last year with the Dobbs decision and everything like that, things were going crazy. Yeah. And I was just, I was really just writing about relationships that I had seen come down through my family. Mm -hmm. But that line, the woman is the life, uh, was very important to me because mm -hmm. it spoke to uh, one of the things is abortion, you know, the idea that somebody, a, a male sitting on the Supreme Court who is suspected of sexually harassing women could be in a position to say that a woman's body is not hers, that it belongs to him, mm. which to me is like a secondary form of rape. Mm. But 
also it kind of opened up the thing that confuses, I think, males inside, mm. you know, where we're groomed to a certain purpose or a certain goal, mm. you know, to move from goal to goal to goal, mm -hmm. you know. And if you were to take the woman out of us, mm -hmm. there would be no life. You know, mm -hmm. even uh, in terms of being born, the, the fetus, I think that they choose to be male or female. Mm. <laughs> you know, but they, but they all start off female. Yeah. There you go. That's right. There you go. So this is... That's, no, that was love life. That was love but life. Yeah, you, it's based, it's based on uh, what we went through with COVID. COVID. Oh. And now we're coming back around to a season of it, so I wanted to play that. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. This is Yay You Off of Love Life by Kurt Lamkin. Yay you, yay you, yay you, yay you, yay me, yay me, yay me, yay me, yay you, yay you, yay you, yay you, yay. But 2020 was the year I found you 2020 was the year I lost my face 2020 was the year I lost my eye 2020 was the year I lost my mind 2020 was the year I lost my way But I found you And you and you and you and you You, 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 and the world got wild again, and the grass got a little bit greener, and the air got a little bit cleaner, and then there was you, supernatural you, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, me, yeah, me, yeah, me, yeah, me, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, me, yeah, me, yeah, me, yeah, me, yeah. I flipped 2020. You did 2020. We can do anything, yeah. We can do Yay You off of Love Life by Kurt Lamkin. And uh, if you are tuning in, you hopped in um, after we got started, you're listening to OM Radio, Charleston's only community-supported radio station here in the beautiful uh, city of Charleston, South Carolina. And I am talking with 
Curtis Lampkin, a local poet, musician, chora player, and ginjin player, and music, and um, sorry, instrument builder. He actually builds his own choras, which is pretty incredible. If you've ever seen a chora, it's got a lot of strings, and it's made 21. 21. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, how long does it take you to make one? Uh, probably I varies, but you know, average. I could probably put together a chora if I have all the elements. Uh-huh. I could put the chora together probably in about a week, but it wouldn't be playable for another six months, you know, because mm. things have to settle and you have this uh, wet hide mm-hmm. that you are bringing around the gourd that has to settle in. And then you have all these components like the handles and the bridge, sure. you know, that have to kind of come together and then you got the tuning rings that are raw high going up down the court yeah so everything is drying and uh relating to each other then it gets to a point where and then you got the strings too you know yeah uh one of the things about the core is that you got 21 strings and for me every time i pick it up i'm tuning sure 21 (laughs) strings you know so which takes a minute yeah it takes a minute yeah but over the years i found out i'm really tuning myself you know in the sense that i'm tuning the instrument but and listening to the tones Mm -hmm. it it draws my awareness out of me more and more and more Mm. or as opposed to just picking it up and just start trying to play yeah you know i have to see how it feels today sure you know and finding that out then i say no, I feel the same way, Cora. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Let's get tuned up. Uh, uh, yeah. Honestly, I, I can relate to that, too. I feel like, I always feel like a, a morning routine is kind of like a way of tuning mm-hmm. yourself, you know, and doing a little, like, prayer meditation in the morning helps mm-hmm. tune the human, like myself. That's why I, how I feel when I get started for the day, you know. Yeah, I, know. I do the same thing. Yeah. I, I, before I get out of bed, I stretch sometimes oh, for an nice. hour. But the stretching is breathing, and, mm. and the meditation is my mind just starts wandering all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I had this sense of, you know, easing back into the world, tuning myself. Right, easing into the day. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me, are you working any, on anything right now? Wow. You know, I was just thinking today, it is great not to have to work on anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, take away that no, question. No, no, but the thing is, is that uh, I, sometimes, I know it happens to you as a composer, where something obsesses you. Yes. It grabs you. It grabs you know? hold of you. And, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of fun things out there in the world to oh, do. Yeah. But you're, here you are, 24 hours, and you have done none of them. You know, <laughs> And so I think part of that uh, grace when you feel like something is whole and mm-hmm. you can like let it go mm-hmm. is the fact that uh it's releasing you and i feel like mm-hmm. right now i'm being released oh you know? that's and, a and beautiful know, place to be and, you know because you know you you have to live too you just right you know? life is is more than music mm-hmm. and and more than but it's also kind of like because of life music is so it's all wrapped so, up in one people grace is making circles i'm making circles with my fingers <laughs> and, and she's exactly right it all comes yeah. back around yes, you know because what, you get back into your life and your life gives you the stuff you mm-hmm. know that you're going to come back to when it's time to compose so the release is part of the the next 
journey, mm-hmm. open door that right. happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, where can people find your music online? Yeah, they can you? go to curtislampkin.com. That's the preferred place. But it's also on Spotify and Apple Music and places like that. Amazing. And I can't remember upcoming performances. I, we're, I'm going to work with the World Blues Project with Peter Kafori. Oh, yeah. And we're going to be at Kate Gage Hall uh, October 20th. Oh, awesome. Okay, so that's coming up here. Mm-hmm. He d- puts on a great show every time. Yeah. Um, shout out to Peter Kafori. He's been on the show as well. Okay. But Curtis, thank you so much for coming on. This was thank such a treat. Mm-hmm. You were wonderful. Mm-hmm. I loved our conversation. And um, again, you can find out more about his music at um, curtislampkin.com. Um, and thanks for tuning in to Travel Notes. And so good to be back with you. If you want to connect, please DM me at travel notes underscore podcast on Instagram, or you can shoot me an email at travel notes podcast at gmail.com. And as always, don't get too comfy because our next trip is just around the corner.